You don't like him? Um, well, no, because the first time I met him, uh, he invited <laughs> me to sit down in a chair and said, okay, uh, get up without my permission and I'll blast your ass so far through your head, it'll turn the moon cherry pie red. Uh, and while that is a fucking iconic line, it did kind of put me off. <laughs> Welcome to Mortified, the Friendship Quest, a podcast where two long-distance friends bounce media recommendations, all in hopes the other will like it. I'm Aaron. And I'm a ghost person. And this week, we round out our spooky season and go all in with Fallout New Vegas, Dead Money. Before we sit on a bomb and negotiate our group power dynamic, remember you can help us on Mortified Legitimacy Quest by subscribing to us on YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify, signing up for our monthly newsletter through the link in our show notes, or following us on Twitter and Tumblr at MortifiedPod. Layla. Aaron. How are you doing, cowpoke? Been better, been worse. Been been better, been worse. How are you? Yeehaw, partner. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Have you been uh, uh, sipping on some sarsaparilla there? Oh, just home on the range. It's been, it's been quite the month, but... Uh, let me tell you, we picked a good one to end on, and I think that we're going to have a great time. Do you remember your first experience with the Fallout franchise? Yeah, so I can't remember how I got into it. I can probably guarantee you it was like a Marty recommendation, um, but I started playing three my last year of college. I really liked it. I think New Vegas is my favorite. Um, it gives me everything. It gives me melodrama. It gives me that guy from Friends playing Benny and saying things uh, like, uh, shake your cha-chas for the Ben man if you choose <laughs> to sleep with him and then kill him, which I did. Excellent. Uh, it gives me casino. It gives me uh, conflicted uh, feelings about the aesthetic of Kaiser's Legion because they're slave owners, but God, I love that they're doing the Rome thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's that's me um, in terms of Fallout. I did also play 4. I didn't like 4 very much, um, <laughs> but that was just because it's... I never really like it when franchises change direction in a really abrupt way, and 4 was a pretty big departure from New Vegas, so it's not that it was a bad game. It just wasn't what I expected. Um, yeah, that's me. How about you? Yeah, I think I had gotten to Fallout a little bit earlier than you. I, I started with three, you know, right when uh, Bethesda did their big takeover and and cr- and cranked out three. Um, and I, you know, had a great time with it. You know, I never really played one and two, so um, you know, I never got the complaints that you know Bethesda made a worse game. Um, so you know, I was pretty happy with three. Uh, I played New Vegas when it came out because I was like, oh man, I love Fallout three. Gonna play some New Vegas and. I know I don't think this is an uncommon sentiment that New Vegas is like the best of the Fallout games, certainly of the modern Fallout games. Um, and you know, there's there's a lot to love in New Vegas. Uh, like you said, you four was a disappointment for a lot of us folks, and God knows nobody played seventy six. But like it, it's not that good either. Unfortunately, it's fine, but it's very much a, a schluter. Um, but like. Yeah, New Vegas was a great time, and I'm so glad we revisited it, especially because, as I found out, I had never played Dead Money. <laughs> oh, really now? No, I, because, uh, you know, 
Fallout New Vegas is like a 10-year-old, 11-year-old game at this point. You know, I have all the DLC. Um, never played any of the DLC, apparently, uh, because when I was playing this game, I was like, man, I really like Dead Money, I think. And then um, I was like, oh, this is scary as shit. I've never played this game. Uh, <laughs> and it ruled. <laughs> Yeah, it is kind of a tonal departure because I got them as, you know, the PlayStation 3, like, greatest hits. You know, the red packaging, the red strip. That's how you know it's good. It comes Mm -hmm. with all the DLC. Um, I remember it was such a tonal shift for me because New Vegas is so goofy that all of a sudden you get in, you have a bomb collar around your neck. There's, like, discordant strings and a bell tolling and ghost people everywhere. It is scary spooky it is spooky and that's why i said hey aaron guess what we should do in the spooky season play this uh 11 year old fallout dlc because for the last six years if, if you're like hey you know what's like the scariest game you've played as someone who only recently got into horror games as in like in the last year and even so i haven't played them i just watched john wolf play them because i'm a weenie uh you know that's like an experience that really stuck with me yeah, yeah. I mean, I basically never play horror games. In fact, the Fallout franchise is probably as close as I get to playing horror with, like, the, you know, fucking whatever engine they use where you talk to somebody and it zooms right up into their face. That's always scares the hell out of me. Um, so, like, that didn't happen as much this time around, but I did definitely uh, get get spooked multiple times during this playthrough. Uh, and it was pretty good. So, um, you know, do you want to do a quick rundown of the plot of the Dead Money DLC? Yeah, sure. So uh, within the context of Fallout, you get this uh, radio broadcast that talks about the Sierra Madre Casino and all the treasures buried within. And uh, you, curious, uh, money hungry, go to the Sierra Madre and you get knocked out by gas. And then all of a sudden, this hologram uh, dude named Father Elijah uh, is like, hey, you have a bomb collar on your neck um, and you're going to help me break into this casino. And you're like, well, I fucking guess. And so you have to recruit three uh, teammates. That is Dean Domino. That is Christine. And that is uh, Dog and God, who are one person, sort of. And you have to uh, get them to help you break into the Sierra Madre and take its treasure. And along the lines, you kind of, or, and along the way, you you find out kind of what happened between Vera Keys and Sinclair, who um, were the owners and the starlet of the casino. And then you have to get out. Yeah, I mean that's basically it. You you are you know an unwilling participant in a heist that you know is against no one, and yet against somebody who's been dead for two hundred years. And it it's kind of great. Um, a spooky I mean, heist. It's it's pretty spooky, and we'll once we get through our characters, we'll talk about why it's so scary. But um, do you want to talk about uh, Father Elijah? Do you have any thoughts on on this guy who's uh, coercing you into this heist? Yeah, fuck the Brotherhood, but especially this guy. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> I don't like the Brotherhood. Uh, they suck and they're boring. Um, and Father Elijah is a crime boy who used to be in the Brotherhood, and then left because he wanted to rob this casino basically um and he's rude and a coward because he won't get down here and do it himself he's gotten multiple people killed for his petty revenge also he talks like a redditor and i fucking hate him <laughs> he does definitely have that kind of loquacious vocabulary that drives me up a wall um yeah i mean for context the brotherhood of steel if you know anything about fallout you know 
that the Brotherhood of Steel are the guys that wear the cool fallout armor, the power armor that looks really, you know, big and menacing, and they carry, like, the laser rifles. And, like, that's all very cool, but throughout, you know, the, uh, apparently, I'm going to, you know, link to uh, a series that I've been watching, which is um, no uh, Too Much Future by uh, the people who do Range Touch, and I've been, you know, watching them play through all the Fallout games, and, you know, th- what I've learned from that is that... Um, you know, the Brotherhood of Steel is kind of shitty uh, and has been historically until like Fallout 3 when they're just like, uh, do you want to help the weird, uh, you know, techno survivalists drive a cool robot? Okay. Uh, and then they just kind of like you know, lean very hard into the aesthetics, which, you know, is, is a problem with 76 as well. But um, yeah, the Brotherhood sucks and they don't want to help anyone. They just want to hoard technology. And Father Elijah is like, yeah, I was okay with that until they wouldn't let me rob this place. Um, so now I'm going to fucking kidnap people and put bomb collars on them and in the name of creating a new techno utopia. Um, so he fucking sucks. Uh, you know, I think he's a fine villain. I don't I don't think that his motivations are especially novel. The You know, just like everybody else in, in, in Fallout, they want to create an empire and they want to do it with with, you know, secret technology and sure, whatever. Um, but he, he's effective. He, he's a douchebag and. You know, that's all you need is a you know, cowardly douchebag being like, I can kill you at any time. Ha ha ha. Anyway, do this thing for me, pretty please. So, uh, yeah. Wow. I can't believe you give me a hard time about saying ooh-woo every time <laughs> I hop on our call and then you hit me with pretty please. That is something. Okay. I don't do that every time. <laughs> that's true. Until um, now. Until now. Now, every week, he's going to find a way to sneak in a a pretty please. Mm -hmm. Um, How do you feel about Dog and God? I liked Dog and God. I thought they were really interesting. Um, So for for context, you know, I I was a very, like, speech-heavy character. Um, So, like, I never actually met Dog, really. Um, I only ever dealt with God. But basically, you know, he is a big um, Nightkin slash super mutant. Um, But, like, basically... You know, there are two personalities. There is Dog, who is like, you know, what you think of as like a, a mindless brute, quote unquote, who, you know, loves to eat meat and, you know, does a lot of damage and is like a big tanky guy. And there's God, who is more of his other personality, which is like a weird um, kind of like control freak. Um, like, uh, you know, he kind of talks like a sociopath. He, he's very strange and off-putting. Um, but like, I, I very much liked being able to, to talk with, you know, him and, and God was constantly like threatening me like, Hey, don't you, you know, cause basically what you can do is you can, um, play a sound recording and that'll allow you to switch dog and God's personalities. Um, so, you know, you can, you can control a dog and he's really good at fighting, but like that also makes God who is not, who is a, the, the quote unquote smarter of the two, um, you know, very upset with you. Uh, and, and through my playthrough, I was just like, well, I'm just going to go with God because, uh, you know, he. He, does, he seems like he's more reliable. Um, but I thought it was very interesting the way that they set that up, being like, hey, yeah, actually, you know, God locked Dog in the cage on his own, um, you know, in order to negotiate and to draw Father Elijah out. Um, I thought it was definitely a very interesting character. Yeah. Um, it's, it, yeah, it's a, it's a tricky one because I prefer Dog because, <laughs> uh, so killing the ghost people if you don't kill them really, really good, they get back up and Dog will just uh, eat them. <laughs> so I also find Dog kind of relatable because he's always hungry. And y'all, 
I do a lot of hiking and walking around. Um, now that I got these rock hard calves, I am also always hungry. So I do find that deeply relatable. Um, but, you know, my first instinct whenever I encounter a character like this is always to f try to find the option to deprogram them and, like, give them choice. Uh, did not succeed. Oh, no. Um, that's okay. Um, but, yeah, no, I do find him really interesting. I'm always kind of wary of portrayals of characters that have multiple personalities but i mm -hmm. don't feel like they were trying to draw a line to a disorder necessarily here it was just like a facet of circumstance which was extremely yeah. extraordinary so it was yeah it was totally fine um and, and my, well it wasn't fine but you know it was whatever uh i love dog i think he's great i wish um i wish i could have maybe not uh-oh. We'll Let find him out. die. Yep. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about that in a bit. <laughs> ruh -roh. Ruh -roh. Um, What are your thoughts on Christine? I love her. <laughs> Christine rules. I love her so much. She's smart, pretty, and, 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 and good at stuff, and I love her. Yeah, I mean, basically, we are introduced to Christine in, like, this old medical facility, essentially, um, and what they... You know, she believes is that, you know, she got some sort of surgery. She was, like, kidnapped by Father Elijah and, you know, or, or, you know she's ex-Brotherhood of Steel, I believe. Um, and, you know, for whatever reason, she was trying to track down Father Elijah, got captured, um, and somehow her vocal cords were damaged. Um, so she... Okay, I can fill in this gap for you. Um, Dean Domino did that to her. Yes, that's the, that's the reveal. <laughs> yeah, so uh, she was put in an autodoc uh, by Dean Domino who needed Vera's vocal cords to open some of the locks that are voice activated. The autodoc fucked up and she was trapped in there for a while um, and it fucked up her vocal cords. And so she, is, uh, she cannot speak um, when you meet her because she's just been like getting surgeried in a tube for a while which is bad yeah that's why she doesn't want to go in the elevator she's claustrophobic yeah i mean i think that's that's also like a great detail like christine is like no i'm not doing that um and you know there has been some criticism uh, i've seen on the internet uh, about christine because like for the first half of the game she can't talk um and what happens is that she you know uses gestures to, to speak and um, because of the way that the the engine that Obsidian made this game with works, you know, the characters are not especially emotive. Um, you know, occasionally you'll get facial expressions, but like they're mostly just kind of like looking at somebody who is extremely bored most of the time. Um, and like, you know, you can't have somebody move their arms around except for like shooting guns and you know, opening doors and stuff. So all that motion comes through in, in text boxes. And, you know, some people think that that's that wasn't great. I thought it was fine. You know, it didn't bother me too much. You can you can kind of get the gist that like, oh, okay, she's trying to, to gesture something. And if you read your, your options, you can kind of figure out what's going on. Um, and I really liked that. Honestly, I thought it was very interesting to like have a character who can't just flat out tell you what they want. Um, and, and I thought Christine was, you know, pretty great and, and had a lot of personality. Also, um, something that I found out later on, you know, Christine is the girlfriend of a companion character you can meet in Fallout New Vegas, um, which was very funny because that was the 
companion character I have I had right before going into this DLC. I don't know how I got Veronica uh, to be my companion, but like apparently, if you go back, you can play like a tape from Father Elijah for her and be like, "Hey, you know, this is what happened." But unfortunately, you can't be like, "Also, I did find your girlfriend," which sucks. Yeah, um, yeah. The reason I, I don't really have any beef with the uh, Christine's gestures having to be written out is because it's not like she's using sign language like she's not somebody who was born and like into a system where she had to find a way to communicate that isn't vocalized yeah um she's literally just like playing charades with you to be like you know hey by the way our collars are linked um i Mm -hmm. mine has interference so you can get closer to radios without exploding Mm -hmm. um and she has to find a way to like interpretive dance that at you because again she's she didn't have to learn she didn't ASL. Get like ASL classes, yes, exactly. Yeah, she's just <laughs> literally gesturing. So mm-hmm. I thought it was good, and I, th- you know, if it was, um, I think if it, if it was something like ASL, then having those, you know, having to read that and then missing something in the text would have been more frustrating than missing something in the text when she's literally just making up gestures as she goes. Yeah. Because if someone was gesturing at me because they had a sore throat or some shit, I will miss whatever the hell you're trying to tell me on the first attempt. Yeah. I miss things people say to me vocally on the first attempt. So I feel like it almost adds a layer of immersion if you're sitting there and reading it and going, what does her making a circle exactly. with her hands mean? Yes, exactly. It's like I'm confused and your character's confused. It's great. Um, it's fantastic. Yeah, Christine Christine rules. Um you know, and like like Layla was saying, like saying, you know, it turns out she had, she you know Dean Domino tuned her voice to be the voice of a character that comes up later, um, and you know I think that's a neat detail. Um, you know, there's all sorts of like high stuff where it's like, oh, you have to get past the voice activated, you know, password or whatever, and that's like a really cool way of doing it. So, um, speaking of uh, Mr. Domino, Layla, it seems like you uh, love this uh, little shit. I I. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he <laughs> sucks so bad. <laughs> such a dick. He's such a dick, but he's got a lot of flair, so you know me. If you have flair, I tend to give you a pass on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't like him? Um, well, no, because the first time I met him, uh, he invited <laughs> me to sit down in a chair and said, Okay, uh, get up without my permission, and I'll blast your ass so far through your head, it'll turn the moon cherry pie red. Uh <laughs> And while that is a fucking iconic line, it did kind of put me off. <laughs> kind of started our relationship out on the wrong foot with Mr. Domino. Oh, yeah, I thought it was real funny. <laughs> it's very good. I liked it a lot. Yeah, he sucks. Um, he uses people, kidnaps people, puts them into surgery tubes, and then forgets about them. Uh, he's selfish and uh, a drama queen he must be a Scorpio he just sucks shit you know and it's just uh, it's incredible I think it's a great character um, though so I play a um, she's a black widow meaning uh, she gets a lot more options with male characters because you can uh, fuck him and kill him uh and she's very like girl boss uh, and she's very um, she wants to run. Uh, New Vegas. Like, that's her whole shit. That's mm, the character I, I play. I see. And so she 
hates Dean Domino. <laughs> Excellent. Um, but I couldn't pass the skill check that makes him listen to me. So I was his quote unquote accomplice. Um, and I imagine that frustrated my character very much. So I was rude to him at every turn. Um, Excellent. Perfect. But I, the player, love him. No, he, he's great. And, you know, it turns out he's like a very important person in all this. Uh, he actually used to be a big singer. Uh, he was going to open when the, the Sierra Madre Casino, you know, what did its grand debut. He and his partner, Vera Keys, were going to like, you know, be do a big uh, song and dance number or whatever. Um, and he also was planning to on enlisting Vera to help rob the casino. But uh, it all went bad because of the nuclear war um, in Fallout. And, uh, you know, it's he's interesting enough. Um, you know, I, I think that like, you know, if he was just like a guy who was trying to rob, rob a place like Ocean's uh, Eleven style, he would have been fine. But I do think that his like a whole shtick of being like a smarmy douchebag um who is like largely unhelpful um is very good and endearing um like at, at the end of the boss battle when you're taking out father elijah he's like oh let me play some music for you uh, which is really really good it's <laughs> and he puts on a tux for the heist which i think is very funny <laughs> yeah no he's in character 100 of the time and that's great um would you have any thoughts about uh, Sinclair and Vera Keys? Not really. Uh, I mean, the whole thing with them is like uh, Vera was going to betray Sinclair until she was like, actually, I feel terrible about this and I love you. And then he tried to stop her from being locked in the vault forever. But then, as you said, the bombs went off. So that's the like backstory you get. And like Dean's very tied in with all of that. But yeah, I don't really have yeah more than that yeah um sinclair is the guy who you know made the casino he's like you know a typical rich man who's like you know his whole thing is like wanting to to create a new life and and become like uh, a big famous person out out in the wasteland and um but then all of a sudden you know when vera's betrayal is revealed to him he decides to you know install some traps to get dean to double cross dean and to protect vera um from the uh, oncoming nuclear um holocaust that he believes is imminent and is imminent um unfortunately his plans all go awry and he you know he doesn't make it out either but uh you know he's fine he's a fine you know tertiary character um and we'll talk about how um sinclair is implemented here because um uh, if you have any uh, experience in listening to games discussion over the past 10 years uh you're gonna love this segment we have on environmental storytelling <laughs> um yeah <laughs> So, Layla, walk me through your playthrough. Um, what, you know, how'd it go? So my dirty little secret, <laughs> as someone who grew up playing video games uh, since I was a wee bab of six, probably f- somewhere between four to six years old, I don't know, time's weird. Uh, and as somebody who is currently interviewing actively to be a game dev, I'm very bad at video games. <laughs> um... I was real bad at them. Um, (laughs) You know, I had to be Dean's accomplice. That was something that that was that bruised my ego a little bit. Um, Also, uh, Christine, I recruited fine. I love Christine uh, very, very much. I did deal more with dog than God uh, because I find God annoying. So I tried to 
try to deal with dog a little bit more. Um, and then, you know, we, we got the heist. I got everyone what they needed. I activated the holograms for Dean. I bypassed the thing for Christine. You know, did whatever for dog. We got in the casino. It was fine. Dog died. Uh-oh. Dog and God, I had to kill. There's a sequence where you have to, like, talk them down, and it went bad for you? It did not go good for me. I did have to kill them dead. Ah. Um, very sad. There is apparently an ending where you can get them to unify, and then, like, a new personality comes out. That's the ending I would have liked. Um, did not get... Uh, Dean <clears throat> also died. Um, I oh failed the skill check. <laughs> I failed the skill check, and he got really mad at me, and I had to kill him. Oh no! I restarted several times from a safe point. Couldn't do it. Oh, he didn't like me. Sorry. Christine lived. There we go. I got the My important girl, one. They got the important one. My girl Christine lived, and I killed Father Elijah dead because fuck that guy. Um, so that was my playthrough. How did yours go? So it seems like mine went way better than yours. Um, you know, full disclosure, listeners, I did use console commands to boost myself up to level 20, uh, so I wasn't going in underleveled uh, for this one. Um, and uh, my character's build was mainly energy weapons, um, the science, and speech. Um, which helped out a lot because if you've ever played a Fallout game, you know that if you get 100 speech, it's kind of a cheat code to be able to steamroll the entire game. Um, and like I, you know, in some in some instances, that doesn't feel great because it's just like, oh well, I could just choose the right speech option and it'll be fine. Um, and that was largely the case in this one. Um, but like also, you know, I, I think it was still worthwhile to do all the speech options and it was cool. But um. You know, starting out with, you know, basically my gun skill was like 17. It was like nothing. Um, and like you and my melee weapon skill was like 13. Like I was just screwed because you get one energy weapon um, and that's, that's the hollow rifle. Um, and you, you can get some others throughout the game, but like that's the main one. So like the whole game, I was like picking up those shitty little javelin spears and just like hiding behind my companions and throwing the shitty little spears for like five minutes until I killed the ghost people. Um, they're hard. They're fucking tough. Um, not only, you know, because they have a lot of hit points, but also like Layla said, um, you know, if you walk over to them and you haven't like dismembered them or shot them in the head, they will stand back up and kill you again. Um, and the first time that happened, I was very scared. <laughs> I did not expect that to happen. I was like, man, wouldn't it be crazy if they just, oh, fuck, no, <laughs> it's the worst um, when they do it behind you yeah exactly uh horrible miserable um there it was it was great though um you know i i i managed to get through the highest because of my height speech skill with everybody intact um you know i i talked god and dog down and i was like hey you know i i also play like a very much like a goody two-shoes like highest um morality possible for as many people as possible except for the legion because you know one great thing about Fallout New Vegas is you can go to the Legion's base and murder everyone, including Caesar, uh, and the game keeps going, which fucking owns. Uh, so I had just been doing that in my playthrough before I switched back over. Um, and, like, um, you know, I, I was like, okay, I want to do the, the best thing possible, which is, like, make sure that Dog and God get out okay, and I convince them to, to unify, like you said. And, you know, they didn't remember me. They're like, I don't know who you are. I don't know where I am, but I feel like I, you know 
owe you something. I feel like I should be gracious towards you. So thank you, stranger. I'm going to dip. So he doesn't show up during the final battle. Um, you know, I talked to Dean Domino and I was like, okay, listen, I'm going to help you like kill Elijah or whatever. And he was like, uh, okay, sounds good. And, you know, Christine had the most dialogue, but I was like very much like, hey, Christine, how about you just like wait at the top of the elevator? Um, if Father Elijah comes up, you can shoot him, but otherwise you got to trust me to do it. Um, and, you know, you can do that and you can you can finish him, fin- finish Fom- Father Domino off like that. Um, and, you know, in, in, in the end, Christine like, helps, you know, there's like some turrets in that final boss room. She deactivates those turrets and Dean Domino, he does play some music, which is annoying, but he also, you know, he's like, hey, I turned off your bomb collars or like, you know, made it easier for you to uh, you know, work work around the bomb collar or whatever. It, it doesn't really matter. He's not very helpful. Um, and like in in the final thing with Elijah, you know, uh, I the thing that kind of frustrated me was that, uh, you know, I'll, we'll we'll get to this later. But like I I, you know, I basically went through Father's Elijah's final dialogue options like several times because of um how the final for the game ends. Um, <laughs> needless to say, you know, I did a couple a couple uh, reloads, but um. You know, it was fine. It was basically like, okay, yeah, sure, whatever, dude. Do you want to come down here and, uh, you know, we can we can talk about this? And then, you know, of course, he hides behind the the barriers and then, you know, makes you come and fight him and, you know, kill them. Apparently, there's an option to lock him inside the vault. I didn't know how to figure that out, but that would have been cool as hell um, if I just locked him back inside the vault. Um, and uh, that, that was great. Um, but yeah, ha- had a pretty good playthrough. Uh, great time at the Sierra Madre. 10-10 would not return. <laughs> 10 10 uh once in a lifetime experience uh good after the once thank you very mm. much <laughs> yeah um so you have here uh talking about the the memorable moments of your uh playthrough uh we did talk about the the ghost person that is spooky um what else you got um yeah so there's a couple moments that i thought were really spectacular um besides the stuff that you're going to talk about um there there's one bit you know where you can where I convinced God to, like, not try to kill me and to be cool. Um, and, like, just, like, it didn't even require a speech check. It just required me, like, going through and, and choosing the right dialogue options. And I thought that was really neat. You know, I, I do love games that give you that kind of, that level of, like, dialogue. And, like, that, you know, that that's why I think tabletops are so interesting. Because, like, you can just, like, play out that conversation. And, you know, maybe you don't even need to make a speech check if your player, like, in character is like, hey, I'm making a good argument. Um, so that I thought that was great. Probably my favorite bit. So there's a point where you have to like, you know, you have to trigger the thing that opens the gates to the Sierra Madre and you have to get everybody in position. And there's like this switchyard zone. Um, so I'm like trying to find, you know, navigate through this, this, uh, location and, and find the switchyard. And like somebody has drawn little arrows on the walls that look like they're going to where, um, you know, where, where you're supposed to go. And I was like, oh, okay, sweet, neat. I'm going to follow them. And I follow these arrows and I, you know, go across the rooftops and, you know, if there's a couple ghost people there and I, you know, managed to dispatch them well enough. And then there's a point where there's one arrow that points into like this, like control room that's overlooking part of the, the complex. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll go there. There's a computer there. I could probably turn off the, um, you know, the radios that are interfering with my, uh, with my collar real quick and I'll do that. Um, so I go to that, you know, I hack into the computer uh, turn off the the speaker and it's all fine. I look to my left and I see there's scrawled on the wall "Treasures mine, assholes." Uh, and at that moment, I realize I've cl- I've uh, tripped a trip wire and a bomb goes off and kills me instantly. And I was like, "Oh, that rules!" Actually, that owns because like completely emergent, you know, completely 
just like tricking you into doing that. And I was just so thrilled by that. You know, it took me several more tries to actually figure out how to get around that. But that first moment was just incredible because that was wholly just like the game's like, you know, details pointing you to something, you know, there, there were, were no mechanics besides just like the, the details you picked up, just like playing it. And I thought that was just awesome. Yeah, that's, oh my god, I can't remember if I if I ever stumbled out on that or not, but that's, that fucking rules. Um, yeah, for me, it's definitely just, like, getting to the Sierra Madre, that atmospheric shift from just goof shit New Vegas to the Sierra Madre and being in the villa and the red clouds of smoke and that, the sound design for this portion is just spec-fucking-tacular. It's bone-chilling. It's so creepy. I love it. It's so good. It's honestly just like if you just go YouTube, just part one of a playthrough, absolutely fantastic. Just that tolling is bone chilling and you're afraid to move because you don't have any of your shit. You just have this one rifle and these really tough enemies and you're like, God damn, I am not prepared for this. So it's really great. I love that shit. Um, And then honestly, for me, it's like also the first Ghost Harvester. I knew it was going to get back up, and it still scared the shit out of me. <laughs> and, you know, uh, my builds, uh, I tried a melee build at first in New Vegas, and then I switched over back to just a, a regular. I tried not to do another sniper build. I always uh, end up doing sniper builds. They're so um, easy. They're so easy, and I love doing headshots. So they I just tried. Yeah. They feel fantastic. Skyrim, too. You know, you do that stealth archer shit. Ah, chef's kiss. Um but I really tried to do a melee build and then a gun build, which, as you noted, doesn't work uh, in the beginning of this one. Because uh, you get a shitty little police pistol that has six shots that you have to reload after every time, and it's awful. It's It truly challenges you. Uh, so, yeah, it, it honestly, like, just, just the the gameplay of this and and the way it's structured in that opening in the villa and then watching the Sierra Madre Gala and watching it light up because basically like you can see the casino itself towering over the skyline of the villa especially when you enter it's like right above the fountain and it's it's an impressive structure it's tall but once the spotlights start shining on it and you hear all the commotion like far away from the villa happening ah it's really cool it's 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 such a neatly designed DLC i love it very very much it's 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 definitely a special DLC, and I'm I'm really glad we played it. Um, there were some things that I didn't love, um, namely the explosive collar slash radio stuff. So like like Layla was saying, you know, you have this collar on your neck that explodes, um, and the first couple times I thought that was really good. You know, the first time I was like, okay. Uh, you know, rescuing Dog God. Um, you know, I was like wandering around the thing. I didn't realize you could turn off the radios to to stop the collar. And like, I was like, "What's going on? What's going on?" Boom! Your head explodes. It's like, okay, this game is committed to the bit of like you will die, um, and you will lose all your progress if you you haven't saved smartly. Um, and you know, I think that is to its benefit largely. But like, especially at the final mission, like trying to get to the part like inside the vault, there's just like a series of radios and and like, you know, hologram guards that really, you know, ticked me off. And it it took I had to like stop playing and come back the next day and be like, okay, I I figured it out because like it was just like, you know, running, bashing my head against a wall, just like getting getting killed and getting my head blown up. Um, You know, also, you know, there is one suite in particular that i think is really cool at first but kind of grates on you after a while and it's like vera's hologram suite you have to like move through this suite where it has recorded uh vera keys like last moments in it 
in a hologram and at first it's really cool because like you hear this like voice you know being like sinclair sinclair you know why i'm sorry and like you know begging to be let out and she's like i'm gonna die here among the ghosts but like because you have to sneak around and like be in that audio for like for me it was like 15 minutes it started to get old really fast i was like okay this is no longer creepy and weird now it's just like okay i get it you you're gonna die here among the ghosts sorry vera um which i i wish that they had deployed that a little bit more um you know judiciously uh and then just lastly like i had said because there is a sequence where you have to escape the vault of the sierra madre at the very end or your bomb collar will go off you have to like make a sprint all the way back up through like some of the tunnels that you came through um and you know if you've played a fallout game you know there's a bunch of like weird stairs and like overhanging bridges like through a factory kind of complex thing and it's you know when you were running through that it is a pain in the ass and it took me like maybe four or five times before i finally got it but like i do hate that when it's like the final mission of a game and you're trying to hit like a very climactic moment but it kills you and sends you back it's like okay i'm trying to i'm trying to finish the narrative here um so like i didn't love that but then again you know you have to commend it it sticks to the bit it's like hey if you don't fucking if you don't do it your collar's gonna go off sorry and it, it, it remains committed to that through the whole time, and I have to commend it for that. Yeah, I think I'm on the same page as you for all those things. Um, the redundant dialogue is truly just like a, a mark of, I was going to say just Obsidian era Fallout, but no, Fallout 4 does that as well when, when Bethesda fully took uh, control of the IP. Um, and that's not, that's just an engine thing where you have to kind of just go back through dialogue a bunch, <laughs> and it's fine, but if you're like me and st- stupid sometimes you have to do it a bunch or if you die um so yeah it's it, sometimes it's a little bit grating and avoiding the holograms now see the ho- avoiding the holograms your girl was trained pretty good by dishonored um, <laughs> oh, okay see you played stealth games before <laughs> oh fuck yeah me and dishonored were good i'm a ghost baby i have that achievement i didn't get spotted once um so yeah i was i was doing okay there but yeah i I agree with you with those things those are uh, just a little hiccups but honestly like yeah like we should acknowledge those are hiccups but this i don't know i love this dlc so much i think it's so spectacular that it's just like i don't know i'd do it again in a heartbeat yeah yeah i you know i wouldn't i don't know that i would do it again necessarily but like i do think that this was definitely a, a singular moment like it just the way it, it subverts all of the stuff you built up from like the you know the console fallout games like it takes all your shit away so like you know it, it, it's it's very much a survival horror in that like you know you have limited resources um but like you're also you know very slowly accumulating the special sierra madre chips which you can exchange at the vending machines for you know like a small amount of guns or like the shitty little you know bubble gums or like blamco mac and cheeses that give you like two health but it's like you know i've got to do something um like you can't rest the, the primary way in you heal and fallout is by going to sleep you can't sleep here you have to use stim packs and i thought that was also brilliant like it's like okay this is we're, we're fucking in it now um you know it was much harder than you know any other fallout you know it it, it, it gave me my one energy weapon which was in shitty condition and like barely any ammo i was like well good luck um i loved that um and I love just how, like, you could, like, turn, if you, you know, paid attention and, like, slowly collected stuff, you could, like, start turning in, like, 
cartons of cigarettes or like old like suits um to start getting extra money and i was like okay that's really neat like there are ways to you know game the system and like if you're if you're being really careful you can start getting enough money in stim packs and like by the end i had like 30 stim packs and i was like okay i'm fine but like uh, you know I like that it forces you, you know, out of that state of abundance um, that you're kind of feel comfortable in in Fallout, um, and you know it, it's it's a really good DLC. And just playing it, I think I'm probably going to go through and play all the other Fallout New Vegas DLCs because it's like apparently I haven't played them. I should probably play them if this one was this good. So oh, I'm very excited to hear uh, your reviews of a couple of those because they are wild. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, they they lay all these, like, hints for, like, new stuff, like the big MT and, like, the second courier, and I'm just so curious about what that is. Uh-huh, yeah. I think that's actually a really great segue into the environmental storytelling stuff we wanted to talk about. Um, you know, this was definitely an era of making games. I think Dishonored specifically gets a lot of shit for, like, really blatant graffiti. There's some of that in here, too. <laughs> There's um, a lot of that in here. <laughs> But you know what? Again, I've brought up the COVID-1984 bridge before, baby. I can no longer sh- I can no longer criticize because you know what? People will do the most ham-handed shit you can think that they do. Yeah, I mean like every day I drive home from work and somebody has spray painted like our local police department does ice holds on a wall and it's just been there for a year or like rent strike April, you know, April 2020 and it was just like you know, I don't know if that's maybe like video games have somehow influenced the way that people make graffiti, which I think would be very funny, but I don't think is true. But like, yeah, there there are very egregious examples. Like there's one where like they're like one of the parts of the villa is locked off and it just has the word escape with a big X drawn over it. <laughs> over it. It's like, all right. Okay. Uh, one of my... one of my favorite things is like I remember reading an article about ancient Roman graffiti and how it's like (laughs) dicks and like Alexius was here and like I fucked your mom you know so people always been been people they always been like that Um, and I just every time I look at like video game graffiti I think about that too and there was um, I brought up John Wolfe earlier he just did a playthrough uh, he does horror game playthroughs and commentary on YouTube, and uh, I really like his videos. I think they're good. But he just uh, did a playthrough of a game called Poppy Playtime, and not only is there graffiti like that all over the walls, but it's in three different paint colors, and he points out, he's like, this motherfucker would have had to come through with a yellow bucket, a red bucket, a blue bucket, and then, like, drawn arrows and pointed everywhere, and it said the same shit, like, no escape, and, and you know, whatever the fuck, horror graffiti. Yeah. Um, you know... I love an aesthetic. I love melodrama. I love just like funny, dumb stuff. So like as a taste thing, I really don't mind, you know, escape with an X through it. I I never think it's, I think just because of, I don't, well, I don't know. We kind of grew up in similar, similar towns in the Rust Belt Midwest where, you know, people graffiti wild shit all the time but i don't know maybe maybe it's just that like midwest perspective of uh whatever comes in your head you're gonna get a bottle of spray paint about it and put it on the nearest overpass uh maybe i'm just indoctrinated but (laughs) no no um for a long time in my life uh there was a stencil of barack obama uh, on a bridge like underneath a bridge that i went through every day to school and then like somebody would paint like liar under it and then somebody would go through and like mark out the liar and then like it would just like this graffiti war would go on for years it was really funny (laughs) 
Yeah, we had a um, we had a shack on my university campus that's been painted over since I've been there. But it used to say "Make moves, son." And then someone in my program ruined it and put make movies, son, and then it got painted over. And I am of the firm belief that if they had just left the make moves shack alone, the fucking facilities would have kept ignoring it. Mm-hmm, but no. Mm-hmm. And then I think no. somebody, I think it got painted over. And then, and then I think that someone else came and then repainted make moves, son, on top of it. It was a whole thing. <laughs> yes, uh, excellent. I haven't been on campus in, in several years, so I can't tell you if it's still there, but the iconic little shack. Incredible. Perfect. Um, yeah, but I, I, I think, you know, I, I, try, I try to read a decent amount of video game criticism and like, you know, there, or there was a big backlash to environmental storytelling like this in, you know, the mid 2010s. But like, like you said, like, I really maybe it's just because I'm not a video game critic and I don't play that many games anymore. But like, I think it's fine. You know, it, like I was saying with the arrows, like if you do environmental storytelling in, in a, you know, a way that, that you think is interesting, it's not just like skeletons in, in, in the toilet. Like, I think Fallout has some very interesting stuff going on. Um I think I think it's cool and and I you know I think we're pro yeah, over the top environmental storytelling here at Mortified. Sometimes I just need a big fucking neon sign or like you said a big graffiti <laughs> sign that says no escape. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for the, one of the strengths of the environmental star- storytelling in Fallout is always the. Um computers uh, when you can break into them i love reading just like a petty co-worker fight in fallout it makes me real happy um you know there's just one like, um in this one that i didn't actually pick up on but do you do you know how the ghost people like occurred like what no. who they are so i didn't i didn't pick this up but like if you are reading through those computer files it'll tell you like okay yeah they got these new suits to protect us from the cloud uh but you know people are still not loving it and like as it goes on and on they realize like like oh these suits are getting stuck um, and it turns out the ghost people are people who are stuck in those suits who are the original work- working on the, the villa and have just like been trapped there and corrupted by the cloud. Wow. Yeah. See, yeah. it's like stuff like that. It's so it's so neat. But I also love oh, I can't remember which fallout it was in. But I swear to God, like every time we walk into a factory, there's always, uh, you know, you can hack into some emails. It's like, God, this fucking dumbass on the fucking floor. If he gets into my email one more time, it'll like get sent to the wrong person. And you could trace this co-worker melodrama around several mm-hmm. computers mm-hmm. as a connoisseur of fighting on Facebook groups. <laughs> uh, that shit thrills me. <laughs> incredible um yeah no it's a good time uh fallout fallout is good i think yeah i would agree i i do love it i think it's uh it makes me want to do another playthrough of like the whole the whole game listen uh mortified listeners if you want to help us launch a let's play series on youtube and twitch please uh let us know we will we will probably not do that but <laughs> yeah Layla and Aaron play fallout as a slut and a nerd <laughs> see, see be, how those two playthroughs progress it'll be great um yeah i don't do you want to do a marketing minute like i don't know how how you would want to frame it but like maybe I think it needs to be, listen, I have a, I don't have a suggestion so much as just like the definitively correct answer, uh, which is to say, (laughs) 
put up a bunch of billboards in Vegas um, for like a special new casino experience. That's like a spirit Halloween. Like it only pops up on Halloween and then you just take over and you sue people up and do ghost people. And then when people go in, here's how you got to do it. You got to trick them, right? You got you to gotta make sure that at first they're playing the games with their chips. Like they've paid in, you get chips, you're like playing I don't know what casino games are. My father was a gambler, so I don't go near them. Um, you know, so <laughs> blackjack, blackjack, and Roulette. then and then you bring out the spooky ghost people and the holograms and shit, and someone dressed up as Dean Domino, and then they leave their chips, and then you take their money and you fucking run. <laughs> so this isn't really a reboot of fallout oh, no, it's a dead scam. money this is this is just stealing <laughs> from people in a scary way which yeah, is very good <laughs> it's a seasonal scam is what it is i'm not mad i think that's no, good that's a good cool. idea great that's our mortified mortified marketing minute <laughs> you know what you haven't paid us uh legitimately so now we're just gonna start robbing people <laughs> what's up Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, listen, that's why we have to gatekeep this experience to, like, you know, uh, double-digit millionaires and, and more, because I would feel bad stealing from, like, your Aunt Nancy out to have a good time in Vegas. Mm-hmm. I would not feel bad stealing from anybody making that kind of money, so. Absolutely not. Bring it on. Um, God. Well, listeners, uh, or well, Layla, rather, when we are not trying to figure out how to steal from people who are too rich, uh, which is all the time. Uh, where can people find us on the internet? I'm at L-E-Y-L-S-E-S on Twitter and Tumblr. I just moved all of my essays over to Kofi, uh, so you can go and subscribe there. It's uh, Kofi.com slash Lailses, um, L-E-Y-L-S-E-S. And uh, the essays are not paywalled. It's just a handier platform that is not as public as Medium. If you want to throw me a tip, I always appreciate it. Uh, tip me for my my bad takes. Aaron, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at AaronSXL, where I talk about tabletop RPGs and public health policy. You can listen to the other podcast I do at The Bible Boys, I think. Uh-huh. Pretty sure it's that one. Um we are rounding up our uh, spooky season. We'll be watching The Conjuring 2 uh, on Wednesday. Um, and then we'll probably do a Midnight Mass uh, conversation the week after. And that'll be that'll be it. Um, I also release uh, tabletop RPGs. You can get um, my re- latest release, I Adjure You Ancient Serpent, uh, which runs on the Calptrop Core and is, uh, you know, just like a playthrough and exorcism game with your friends. Um, it's I'll put a link to it, but it's free. It's pay what you want, but... That means free. Um, let me know if you play it. I, I think it's neat. Uh, our theme song is Obsolete by Keshko from the album Filmmaker's Reference Kit Volume 2. Find more of their music at keshko.bandcamp.com. Layla, how do we want to close this one? <laughs> well, Aaron, I got a story to tell you. You've heard of the Sierra Madre Casino. We all have the legend curses. Some foolishness about it lying in the middle of a city of dead. A city of ghosts. Buried beneath a blood-red cloud, a bright shining monument, luring treasure hunters to their doom. An illusion that you can begin again. Change your fortunes. Finding it, though, that's not the hard part. It's letting go. It's letting go. We'll see you all next week, listeners. <laughs>